Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Latch Mama podcast. Melissa here. For those of you the first time joining us, um, the Latch Mama podcast is a podcast for moms in the trenches of motherhood. Today, we are going to talk about the fabulous postpartum time. Um, We're not going to really come to you with too much medical advice. We're just going to normalize some of the feelings that Lindy and I have been through six consecutive times. If you add my losses in there, you can add a few more to that. And um, we are, yeah, not medical experts. I'm not going to talk about this from a mental health perspective or from a actual hormone perspective. We're just going to talk about all of the feelings that we personally have. You're listening to Latch Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of LatchMama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. Um, So we felt like this was a good one going into the holidays because a few reasons. Um, I have been postpartum for a lot of holidays. Yeah. More than 50%. Four holidays, five holidays, a lot of them. Um, I guess four. Um, and then Kat and then Caroline was born on January 31st. So almost five um, were like super pregnant, super postpartum holidays for me. Um, so there's naturally like lingering anxiety around the holidays, I think, in my life just because it's been very kind of hard over the years. Um, but we just kind of wanted to normalize some of those feelings. Um, I think blanketly in the United States, I think sometimes we describe um new motherhood as this beautiful gorgeous thing where if you buy the right swaddle with the baby's name on it and you you know just sit back in your bed and you bask in the glory of your new infant that you're going to feel fantastic and as long as you rest and you let yourself heal it's all going to be good how'd that go for you Lindy (laughs) I don't I don't know if you sold me based on my experience. <laughs> um, you know, what's really interesting. And one of the reasons why Latch Mama ever got started to begin with is the fact that I had what I considered princess births in the sense that like I am 100 percent aware it's gotten it's increased, I'm sure, as the years have gone on about just my privilege and my ability to have amazing prenatal care and postpartum care. I had family members. I had meals delivered. I had a doting husband. Like I had all of the things that you say have, Mm -hmm. um, but it still was super, super hard, which is why when I had my second one and Mm -hmm. I fixed the whole birth thing, because the first one was born in the car. The second one was born on a beautiful sunny day um, in my house. Like literally I couldn't really blame the birth for anything at that point. And it was still Uh hard. I was like, Oh my gosh, we have to do something. Like we have to start telling the story of the fact that the postpartum time is difficult. And I'm not just talking about postpartum depression, perinatal mood stuff. Like, because I think you hear a lot about that. I want to talk about the stuff that does eventually pass for most people. Um, but it's still terrible. I swear I saw, I don't know if it was like a, wasn't a documentary but it was some sort of video mm-hmm. and it was at like a, a baby shower or something mm-hmm. and you know everyone's like oh it's so exciting and mm-hmm. like it's gonna feel amazing and then like some lady pulled her over in the hallway and was like dude like 
you're gonna bleed for six weeks like yeah. it's gonna hurt like hell you're gonna like yeah it you're gonna cry every day and she was like why are you telling me all this yeah. stuff and i just feel like disservice is not even the right word but yeah i do think we do such a disservice to moms in general because when i hear those things and mm-hmm. i just feel like well what was wrong with me mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like that. And am I the only one? Am I broken? Am I a terrible mother? Like I felt like a crazy lady. Like there must be something wrong with me. So yeah, where, where in there lies like the love and the honesty and really having kids is incredible. It's another human. You get to Mm -hmm. create this relationship, but it's so damn hard. So when I um, accidentally, surprisingly, um, got pregnant back in July. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Shockingly. I mean, we were really trying to prevent. We weren't doing a great job at it. But apparently you can get pregnant when you don't think you can get pregnant. But anyways, when I got pregnant, I had all the feels. Like all of them. It was just the idea that I was did not have the bandwidth for a seventh child. Like at Mm -hmm. all. Um, but it was very interesting what stopped me in my tracks and what I kept coming back to again and again and again was that I did not want to have to deal with the first year ever again in my life. Like the idea, not, I, not that I didn't want to raise another child, which I didn't really want to very much because I just feel very emotionally stretched thin with the six that I have. But the idea of having to go through the first year again mm-hmm. was almost paralyzing to me because it is for me, it yeah. is incredibly difficult. Now it does get easier as the child gets older. And I now look back at pictures like every freaking family trip and I'm like, Oh, well I could do that again. Look how cute he was, mm. but I don't, I don't want to do it again. Yeah. And I think so much of it comes down to the fact that like a lot of it is on our shoulders. A lot of the mental weight of keeping that child alive is on our shoulders. You could have the best partner in the entire world, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you have a special connection with that child. And it's not always going to be like lovey dovey, amazing rainbows and sunshine, but you're going to have a connection that is different than every other person. Your Mm -hmm. partner may be able to let your baby cry or walk away from it for two seconds, or the baby may be crying and you may have been consoling it for hours on end. That baby crying is not going to have the same hormonal emotional reaction to your partner normally than it would to you. That is something to this day I swear when like my eight-year-old, my nine-year-old cries, I don't think my husband reacts the same way as I do. No. But nobody Absolutely. tells you that. No. And it's crazy because something hormonally has to happen. And like I said, we're not doctors. But I mean, if your milk's going to let down when your baby cries, you've got to think about the fact that everything else is is activated mm-hmm. in there. Absolutely. Which is, it, and no, nobody nobody teaches you that. Yeah. And this is why we sit here and I was, you're I'm like, I cannot speak to a medical because like, yeah. I wanted to make sense, but it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. But like, yep. I wanted to, and it should. And like, yeah. but, but I don't, all I know is all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, one day or some days I woke up and, and, and the world, they were just like boulders on my shoulder mm-hmm. and I didn't know why or how, mm-hmm. and this would affect me and that would affect me. And I, Yeah. And I think that we don't tell, like, it's very bizarre to me in the United States how we send women home from the hospital. (laughs) And I just, I talk about this all of the time. And every time I say it, it just makes me feel like it's all bananas. Like it is all bananas. Like we send women Mm -hmm. home, what, 48 hours after they have a baby. Their milk normally hasn't come in yet, which means 
that there is a certain shift, a very large shift in hormones that happens when that milk comes in. So not only are Mm -hmm. we sending them home with breastfeeding looking completely differently if they're choosing to breastfeed, but even if they're not choosing to breastfeed, it doesn't matter. Their milk is going to come in and Mm -hmm. their hormones are going to plummet on that day three to five Mm -hmm. to six to seven, whatever. I mean, crap, it could happen for, for weeks on that point. I remember crying and it's, it's like, it's not like the I'm watching a Hallmark for me. It wasn't like I'm watching a Hallmark commercial. I'm crying. How silly. I'm postpartum. It was like I literally do not know how to move forward. Like mm-hmm. I remember after one baby, I was taking the baby to a weight check on day like three because why are we doing that? <laughs> why are we doing that to postpartum women? But I was putting the baby in the car to go to the weight check. I was so tired. And I left my toast on the top of the car. And now I start and I started hysterical crying. But it was crazy because it wasn't like, uh, oh, my gosh, I'm being stupid right now. Like my toast fell off the top of the car. It was. Yeah. My toes fell off of the cap of the car. Oh my gosh, I have this little human. I'm exhausted. Have they gained weight? Da, 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 da. And I didn't have postpartum mm-hmm. depression or anxiety. And it eventually went away like the next week. But in that moment, mm-hmm. I felt like I had made the worst decision ever having a baby because who, who, who cries when their toes falls off yeah. the top of the car? I just don't think there's any kind of rational like logical thinking mm-hmm. like I was just trying to remember back and it's really hard and I don't necessarily like to and I don't mm-hmm. necessarily yep. want to revisit a yeah. lot of it but trying to think and put myself in my body and what I was feeling and it just felt so incredibly out of control mm-hmm. inside like kind of shaking and not mm-hmm. knowing what to yeah literally what to think or do and then I don't want to pull in said say therapy and relationship issues but Let's be honest, like, I'm pretty sure that would be close to the top of my list of Mm -hmm. when a couple needs support and Mm -hmm. someone to guide them through that part of their marriage because or partnership or whatever. I I didn't even know how to form the words of what I needed. I didn't know what I needed. I didn't even know what was going on inside my body. I needed help. I, I needed my partner, but the partner's looking at me going like, who are you what is this and there's no idea and you can't blame them no they don't number one they They didn't just just birth a baby yeah they don't know what you just went through physically i can't even tell you what i just went i yeah and it's so funny that like i actually in my body right now can feel feel my anxiety starting to go up just thinking about those initial postpartum weeks after having a baby 100% which it's a bit I don't think should happen (laughs) like I don't maybe it should it's a trauma response yeah I mean they're they're, my entire body is starting to react to even just remembering the toast that fell off of the top of the car and Mm -hmm. what those days looked like and especially as I added more children balancing the other ones like I remember after I had baby number two, I had this co-sleeper next to the bed because I wasn't going to co-sleep with him, which that didn't happen. But Nathan, who was 18 months old at the time, had mm-hmm. never had like really screen time in his life, um, but would st- suddenly start coming into our room at five o'clock in the morning and he would climb into the co-sleeper. The baby was in the bed with me. He would climb into the co-sleeper and he would just sit on his iPad in the co-sleeper. And I still remember like that moment of, 
oh my gosh, I just want to go back to sleep with this baby because mm-hmm. when Nathan was born, we could sleep until 10. But all of a sudden, I can't go because I have this other child and look at him. Yep. He's over there. I mean, I still remember rolling over and seeing the iPad light and knowing that I still somehow had to put myself together and yeah. parent these kids. And I mean, after a cup of coffee and I got up and stuff, I mean, I was okay and you move forward. But those right. initial days were like you hurt and you're sore and you can't really yeah. move and your breasts hurt and the baby's crying, but then you have to chase another kid, but you really want support and there is somebody there that's going to support you but what does that all look like and yeah yeah I vividly remember I don't know which kid it was to be honest but it was like a two-week appointment or something like Mm -hmm. that so something for a baby not for me once again like why am I doing this and I was driving we had a canceled a Camry at the time so I'm thinking it was Gabe and I'm on Hull Street and I get rear-ended in the middle of Hull Street right by um where like all you crops is Publix right there in the middle lane and I didn't know what to, like, I'm literally post, I don't even know what I'm doing, let alone now you put Were me you by, in yourself? A, by myself okay. in a accident situation. And of course that adds on like, what yeah. the heck do I do? You kind of like, you don't know what to do. You just freeze. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I got out of the car and this guy, I mean, he was really nice. He apologized. He was driving a white truck and he's like, well, it's just my insurance is right over there. And I'm like, right over where? Like, am I supposed to move my car? Am I not? I have a two week old baby in the back. Is the baby okay? I'm standing in the middle of darn whole street. Like, is this real? And I'm like, well, I think I'm supposed to get your information. Like, I'm so out of it. And he's like, okay, yeah. well, my name's King Solomon. And I'm like, that's not real. That's not a joke. Yeah. Like, or like, like, that is a joke. That's yeah. not a real name. Like, yeah. I'm, am I in the middle of whole street? Like it was terrible. And he's like, no, that's really my insurance. It's like state for, or all state yeah. or something yeah. like that. But, and I was like, okay, like I didn't know what to do. I'm just in the middle of the road. I'm like, I need to get my baby out of the middle of the road. So yeah. we go over there to this yeah. place, but the parking lot's in the back. And I'm like, am I going to be taken? Like my, oh my poor God. postpartum poor. brain. Yeah. Like it was so much. I was just in tears. I called my husband, but like he's at work. Like how is he but really going to But why are but we why? doing this? Like why are I we know, doing I know, but this? it's. I just vividly remember that. And we still kind of have a joke about like King Solomon. <laughs> like it's just... I don't know. So that's just my kind of random like postpartum story. But it's like I felt this very much out of body experience. And I just didn't know what to do with myself or my brain or any of it. Because you're now responsible for this little human and I wonder the pressures. Like I used to think that it was expectations. Like I used to think that it was like, hey, if I go into this with no expectations, if I go into this knowing that I have help for my other kids and I'm just mm-hmm. going to lay in and I'm going to eat food and I'm going to lie here in my bed and I'm not going to do anything but watch Netflix, then I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But holy moly, I remember crying over not being able to find a Netflix show. Like I would yeah. go from everything. Do I want a comedy? No, I don't want a comedy. Do I want a drama? No, I don't want a drama. But I had this mm-hmm. whole list of all of the things that I was so excited about streaming, but then I couldn't find anything and Nothing I would just flip was, and yeah. flip and flip and flip. I started reading textbooks after one pregnancy because I, what? for some reason... <laughs> textbooks and learning was where my brain wanted to be it was more on the logical side I, I and you were like no idea logical maybe, thinking maybe i was so emotionally overwhelmed but i needed to do something and that i needed was to like distract pretty myself, grounded so i just started grabbing textbooks and reading them wow okay um yeah and guys hey we're we're okay and i think that like <laughs> i mean kind of okay but i think that just normalizing that path a little bit um and just 
absolutely go get help in those immediate postpartum days yeah, if you need please. it. Please go to the hospital. Go to your OB. Like if you're feeling um, out of control and things like that. But some of that weird stuff where like you don't want what's for dinner and you're going to eat ice cream instead or like mm-hmm. literally you do not want to be around a single other human being, yep. you know, seven, 10 days postpartum mm-hmm. and you just want to be with your baby because you have to be with your baby because you have to feed your baby, but you don't want to be around anybody. I remember after one mm-hmm. of my babies, maybe Caroline, I don't know. But you guys realize I did not after Nathan, I did not have a single traumatic birth. I had literally the most caring, loving, wonderful birth experiences. And I was still a hot mess. But I remember I would, after one of them, I would go to Starbucks every day at three o'clock. I didn't want to, I could not look at my mother anymore. I did not want to see my kids. I didn't want to see anybody. I needed to be alone. So I would drive to Starbucks. Mm -hmm. I'd get a chocolate chip cookie and a large iced coffee. And that was our thing. And then there was like this retaining pond. I would like to call it a pond, but it wasn't. But like the retaining pond right behind Starbucks. And I would sit and I would watch the ducks. I, I don't know why. But by yourself? Or by myself. Baby? Oh my, the, by the baby, okay. the baby for the most part was with me in the back and normally okay. would be asleep. Yeah. But I would just that sit. Was your thing. I would sit and I would watch the ducks because I did not want to be around another human yeah. being. Last baby, it was Target pickup orders. I spent a lot of money at Target. Sometimes I would just order like one cup, like a plastic cup or something. And then I would drive to, I would be like, I, I got to go guys. I, we, we have a target pickup order and nobody ever thankfully asked me what was in said target orders because like it was a pack of gum one day. I'm not kidding you. And I would drive to, to target and I would pick up my gum or I would pick up whatever was there because it was also during COVID. So I couldn't really go anywhere, but yeah, I would drive and drive to target because I, I, I just did not I mm-hmm. didn't want anyone asking me if I was okay. I didn't want anybody right. talking to me. I didn't want to be pretending to work. I didn't want to do anything. I literally just wanted yeah. to be in my car. And some days I cried. Some days I laughed. Some days I rolled down the windows and sang Taylor Swift as hard as I could. Some days I <laughs> cried to Brandy Carlisle. I mean, all sorts of different stuff. But yeah. I had to be alone. Yeah. But should we circle this around to the fact that it gets better or should we just stay in this really dark, terrible place of craziness? There is always there. And I do. There are moments of joy and memories that um, that I remember that truly make me smile. Um, But it is interesting on like a time hop. I'll hop Mm -hmm. on there and just see. And a lot of them are pretty traumatic memories. Um, A lot of times I will remember the really difficult things that day. So I've been trying to get on there when I do open it up and try to find those moments that there really are, Mm -hmm. you know, joy in those moments and kind of focus on those. Uh, But it's two things, two things to say. My two major takeaways from this is that we have to do a better job. I have been texting recently with mm-hmm. um, one of our old nannies who was also an employee here at Latch Mama, and um, she was having some feeding problems with the baby, and the baby wasn't really gaining weight, so she was doing this really intense pumping schedule that a lot of us find ourselves in, which mm-hmm. I found myself in after I had Benjamin, and it's just really, really hard because you're getting up and you're pumping in the middle of the night. Yeah. You exclusive pumpers out there, you are amazing, but... um. I just literally like the amount I felt for her through those text messages was 
like it was just it was incredibly intense because I was like nobody sets you up for this like nobody prepared you for this part of motherhood but also what nobody prepared her for and nobody was telling her was that it was going to be okay whether she stopped pumping and stopped breastfeeding and switched to formula you know what in Mm -hmm. six months to a year things are going to be so much better and they're going to feel so much better um And that's the part that like here at Latch Mama, it's weird and funky, but I give everybody 100 days of maternity leave because for me, after every single child, the sun starts to come back out again at that 100 days. They start smiling. You start to feel Mm -hmm. better for most women. um, And it just starts to start to click a little bit better. Yeah. But holy moly, those first three months, they're hard. Yeah. I mean, I truly wish I had, I I had help, but I don't think I had the help that I needed, but I didn't know how to communicate what I need. But I do think, you know, when you say like, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I also think to accept that there's some days when you're not okay and it's a hundred percent okay. I would often get sucked in this cycle where it just Mm -hmm. always wasn't okay. And I, you know, recently and my kids are a little bit older, kind of like, it's one day, one day. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Take one day and not be okay. Do yeah. what you need to do. Yeah. Do whatever. And then the next morning, try mm-hmm. to renew that. Um, but it's hard. I th- and there are a lot of not yeah. okay days. And I think a lot of the grief that I felt when I got pregnant with surprise number seven, who I eventually lost for those of you who don't know that story, it's back a few podcasts. Um, but I think a lot of the grief was the fact that I had tried to do those three months after baby so many different ways. And I had invested so much money in making sure that I had the help, that I had the time, that I had the care that I needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was knee deep with a the therapist. I had an amazing midwife. Like, But there was a part of me that grieved the fact that those three months were going to be miserable regardless of what I had in place. Mm -hmm. And I think that not every moment of those three months would be miserable, but it was going to be a journey and it was going to be ups and downs and the stuff that kind of is really, really hard for me when I also have other children and a company to run and stuff like that. But I think that you're right. I mean, it's okay not to be okay, but I think that we need to then step away and say, Hey, you know what? This may be a longer road Mm -hmm. and there may not be anything necessarily wrong with me. Right. You know, it's literally just that Mm -hmm. this path is harder than anybody explained it to me. And please, like I said, I'm going to say this again, please go get help. If it's, if it's depression, if it's postpartum anxiety, if it's intrusive thoughts, please, please, please do not wait, go reach out, go talk it through, get on meds, do what you need to do for you and your family. But if it is not that, and you still feel like it's hard it's not it you those months after you have a baby are difficult and I think we mm-hmm. start we need to start normalizing that because I think if we do lower our expectations and we say hey you know what your pregnancy first pregnancy is what 41 and two or something mm-hmm. like that in terms of gestation and then you need to tack on three more months where you are literally not Oh, I'm going to get upset, though, because mm-hmm. you're literally not going to be able to be really too much of a functioning human being. And you just need to give yourself mm-hmm. grace. But then we're asking women to go back to work in six weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, I just yeah, the care can't. can't the care can't end. At yeah. birth. The care can't end. end. Yeah. And yeah. the grace you give yourself yeah. and that like those moments where you were like, I'm pregnant. I don't need to go out tonight or I'm I'm pregnant. I'm not going to make dinner. I'm going to order takeout. You need to extend that. 
Uh multiple months after you have a baby not two weeks three weeks four weeks or we'll just tack on years yeah (laughs) because there are days now where i'm Uh like i am not making dinner we're gonna come up with another solution and we'll get takeout or some simple pizza or something simple and it is okay i think just preparing people that your life is going to change and you are going to change and you're going to feel different and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And for most of us, you're going to want to have sex again. You're going to, you're going to want to be intimate again. Your, your body is going to come back to you again. You're going to want to be around people. Those things mm-hmm. that brought you joy and happiness, they will most likely come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to get there. But please. It's going to take longer than anybody probably told you. Yeah. Okay. Bye guys. <laughs>